What's up, film fans, and welcome to another episode of What the Flick. This one is a bit of a bonus one. We had so much fun with Grace Jarvis last week, and there was so much just extraneous riffing uh, and bullshit that we couldn't fit into the mainline episode. So here that is, uh, instead of the next Fast and the Furious, which will be coming out next week. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, here's another half hour of uh, just fun, fun stuff with the wonderful Grace Jarvis, which I hope you'll enjoy. Uh, go see her show. She's on tour now. Uh, her Melbourne, Edinburgh, eventually. Go see it, it'll be good. Enjoy the show. What the flick, what the flick, we don't know what a movie is. Gonna tell you what we think it's about with the help of the post, we figure it out. What the flick, what the flick, gonna write a film that already exists, we'll be doing it better because we're so cool and back to two years of film school. What the flick, what the flick, we're never gonna watch that shit. Got better writers than Steven Spielberg, film directors are all dumb nerds. What the flick, what the flick, that's the name of the podcast. It's almost time, so make some noise, it's time for the poster boys. So what the flick. I think last time we were on, we were discussing the um, Victorian orphan games, which I think is a great idea for an Olympic sports. Like, the who can clean the chimney the fastest, who can get a serious disease before the age of 12. The yeah. I like yeah, that. Exactly. I like Put that. some respect on those children's names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give them a bit, give them a bit of a resume. From what I can tell, most of labor used to be done by children. Yeah. Can you? All right, here's a good Victorian orphan sport, right? You all go to the stadium to watch and what happens is all the children, all the orphans are released into the stadium. Whoever can pickpocket the most money without being caught wins. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're caught, yes. you're eliminated immediately. Nice. Yes. I think is, that means you as, a, you as a viewer get to partake because you could go and really be like, I'm going to really hide the money on me. Sure. Yeah. But then maybe there's, there's some rule that you have to pay, you know, like the entrance fee, but you also must have at least $10 in loose change on you. Yeah. When yeah. you're you have some sort of like um, obstacle course, right, with foster parents <laughs> yeah. at the end, and the first one there gets them. <laughs> you have to be an orphan at the end as well. That's, that's, that's the only way the movie Stuart Little makes sense. If he beat all the other children in a in a a game of like physicality, because otherwise mm-hmm. it's actually insane. And I know this isn't shown in the movie, but I imagine every single one of those orphans kills themselves immediately after being turned up for a mouse. Yeah, Hugh Laurie picked up mouse. Do you think that Stuart Little is maybe the next step up from a dog? They're like, oh, we're not quite ready for a kid yet. We'll get a dog. We're not still not quite ready for a kid, but we can go a level up. Let's get a sapient mouse. Well, that family had a cat too. They wanted him dead. Like <laughs> they did. That's true. <laughs> they brought a mouse into a house with a cat in it, and they had the option of human children. Well, and then they made and then they made him do racing. And they made him participate in, they made him cheat, in fact. They used yeah. their sapient mouse son to cheat at races. We're getting a lot of villain origin stories for villains that I don't care about. But if we had a villain origin story for one of the kids at the orphanage that got turned over, like <laughs> got cho- didn't get chosen when Stuart Little got chosen, I'd be like, yeah, of course he's a villain. Of course. Mm. I, the others I, all killed themselves. <laughs> that orphanage In, burnt down two days later. You would give up hope immediately. You'd give up all hope. Like yeah. there's no childlike sense of maybe everything will be okay that can live past. There's no coming someone back. Someone choosing from. a mouse. And sure, little too. He's made the play for his school soccer team, and I'm like, that is the epitome of bullying a child, right? Because that what? child, the that? second you pass him the ball, he dies. <laughs> 
So I, I reckon, I reckon the villain origin story is for the kid who passed him the ball in that game. <laughs> was like, hey, Stuart, you can play. <laughs> that hits the ball Some, as hard as anyone's ever hit a ball. <laughs> Some movies about like anyone can do anything are actually more annoying because it's like, no, mm-hmm. they yeah. can't. Please acknowledge how the world works in some way. <laughs> some people can't do a lot of stuff, is the point yeah. that we're making. I'll, I'll never win Olympic gold. I can't do so gold. much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to give a million sports and I'll never win Olympic gold. It does not no. matter. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. If you're like, oh, well, out of sporting specifically for Mac, someone else who is at a base level of fitness will be like, well, I reckon I could win that. <laughs> I'm out, right? I'm done. <laughs> That's all that will happen. <laughs> Yeah. Unless the sport is literally B. Stuart McKeown, I'm not winning that, that event. And even at that, I have a Facebook group that's got 12 Stuart McKeowns in it. So there's a good chance I'll still not Sorry, win. is this... Hang on. I didn't... There's this Matt Calor that I've yet to learn. Are you in a exclusively Stuart McKeown Facebook group? Well, Matt, based as you've just said my last name in a different way, when I first moved to England, I added everyone I could find called Stuart McEwen to a group and asked them all to send a recording of how they said their name because I wondered if I was the only one saying it McEwen. <laughs> Turns like out, low, no. This is like the less successful Are You Dave Gorman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in being John Malkovich, but only for how to pronounce my name. <laughs> yeah, great. You're just look. You're not looking for friendship; just outsourcing for information. Yeah, it was very funny because there was one guy in that group who's from Canada, and his wife's Canadian, but he was from Northern Ireland. And he said oh. it genuinely came up in their um, divorce proceedings as part of the reason they broke up was that he, she, had never learned to say his name. Wow. Oh. And I will no. say now, Alan. My partner said my name perfectly, so we're probably fine. <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant the Facebook group was a reason that they got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many. This, guy, this, this, guy's Stuart Mc, this guy's stoke on Trent is ruined by, <laughs> ruined by marriage. That was like, that sorry, man. She was just going through them. She was like, well, this looks like a better Stuart, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll try this guy out. Yeah. And that person's name Everyone's was Alan, and we're, we're happily engaged now. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was in Australia, I found out about a TV show that I'd like to bring up because related to this. Matt, are you aware that there's a CSI Sydney now? I was not aware. NCIS Sydney. Sydney, yeah. I have uh, so many thoughts about this. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but the trailer for it is the most we've never been to Australia, but we're setting a cop show in Australia thing I've ever seen. It's so wild. It's so wild. I didn't realize that because... NCIS, right, is it, it's Naval Criminal Investigation Service. Yeah, wait, so fucking <laughs> hang on, what? Yeah, I mean, how am I just finding out about this? It's boat cops. NCIS is right. boat well, cops. This is the thing. It's an American TV show, but we're the only people that watch it because we don't make our own TV. So they've just been playing it on free-to-air television for like hang the. On, you make neighbors in- exclusively for British people. <laughs> Entire time I've basically the whole time I've been alive. NCIS has been on at like 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like it's wild. And it's yeah. a, NCIS is a spin off of JAG. So JAG was about naval law. And then <laughs> NCIS is about, is naval police. So it's like they, they only investigate crimes involved with the Navy or when people in the Navy have been killed or when people in the Navy have done crimes. That's fucked. Which you're like, yep. okay, I guess. You have a big Navy. You're a big country. There are enough cities. 
in it to that you can, you know, suspend your disbelief. Same with Criminal Minds, where it's like, there were 16 seasons of that and there was a new serial killer every episode. Like, America's <laughs> big, but it's not that big. <laughs> like, that's in, It would be the most dangerous place to live in the whole world. I mean, it's not great, but... I mean, it, um, it's, um, <laughs> like it's pretty up there. <laughs> and then during the strike, they wanted to make something, so they were like, oh, I guess we'll do something in Australia. And they were like, we'll do NCIS Australia. So I was like, what do you mean? Like, not only... like. At least America has a big enough navy that I could be like, sh- there are enough naval crimes to keep this TV, sh- TV show going. A- a s- Sydney, like the idea that there are enough <laughs> interesting crimes going on in Sydney, let alone like naval crimes. Like mm-hmm. we, I'm not saying our military doesn't do crimes. I'm saying that they mostly do them <laughs> in other countries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you go abroad to and do and then I- navy crimes. Oh, yeah. We, you know, you do, we do our war crimes in countries where they don't speak English. Sure. Um, yeah. But then it turns out that it's not even about our Navy. It's it's yep. American naval crimes yep. <laughs> in Sydney. Oh, wow. Yep. We get just getting Nisha and Nisha and Nisha, and yet somehow people think this is a, a road to more content. Why? Yeah. Would, why? I think that's so interesting that they would make America a, a, a country famous for... And almost like, what's the word? Like, like, like a, like a worrying amount of troop loving, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Would go, oh yeah, we'll make a TV show about the like, frankly insane, like heinous amount of crimes that the Navy does. Every single sailor is yeah. some sort of criminal in this show. All the ways, and we, we'll send them all to Sydney. Well, the ones... The ones that are more believable are the ones where female uh, naval officers are raped by male naval officers. Where I'm like, yeah, that that happens constantly. Um, the the military academy yeah. here is called Adfa, and my dad, who was in the ar- army, is like, I'd rather I wouldn't send my dog to Adfa, let alone my daughter. It's like real bad. Mm. But um, mm. the idea that like you yeah, like fresh new show, American Navy in Sydney. <laughs> Do, because just genuinely because they were fucking the thing that we can all relate to the thing that every the experience that every sydney person has had being robbed by an american navy officer <laughs> in oh, yeah, full yeah, dress yeah. Or murdered. like in, and then they're like obviously because you're making it in australia which is the same problem as anyone anyone but you they have to do all of the things that people yep. americans think happen when you go to australia so spiders yep. snakes um, this is, ex- this is exactly thing? what I was going to bring up is that in the, while we were watching the advert for this show, halfway through it, uh, Duncan turned to me and said, someone's going to get bit by a snake in this, aren't they? And literally the final yeah. shot of the trailer is a detective crawling on his belly going, what's that noise? Shining a torch up, seeing a snake, it's going, oh, fuck. And then it just cuts. <laughs> and I was like, yep, in there we go. Sydney. <laughs> yeah. In Sydney, it's our biggest metropolitan city. There are no snakes. The snake that they showed was a frankly ludicrous looking snake. Like it looked like it looked like the movie Anaconda. I was like, that snake's not in that. So this that is house. what I mean. Americans are like, oh, you have such big snakes and big spiders, and then when they do put snakes and spiders into shows set in Australia, they're not Australian snakes or spiders. What's happening? I was there two weeks and I saw a solitary spider, a single spider, was and it, a it was very Holmes? little. No, it was just a little guy. Yeah. Uh, Duncan lifted up, put it outside, done. End of. No more spiders. How many Navy crimes did you witness? Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> One for every day, every weekday I was there. <laughs> yeah. Let me list you them. 
speaking of Navy, no, does Japan, is, it, is Japan allowed to have one again? Or no? I don't know. Um, I'm basing this entirely on the fact that I watched Godzilla Minus One recently, in which they had a lot of boats. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Godzilla Minus One was very much set in 1946. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, why, that's kind of why they're they not allowed to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all the boats that yeah. they had, they got, like, just before they were all destroyed. Yeah. They also used all those boats to blow up bombs in the water that I assume had been left because of the reason they weren't allowed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Japan isn't even allowed a military. Um. Oh. <laughs> I, love, I love the idea, though, of Mac watching... Godzilla. Godzilla Minus One, the movie about the impact mm. of World War II yeah. on Japanese people, and going, wow, they sure do have a lot of boats. <laughs> <laughs> this looks charming. <laughs> that is kind of what I thought. I think I mentioned it to you before about, didn't I, about the, um, the people watching Godzilla Minus One in 40X that said because most of the film is set at sea, everyone's seats were just swaying back and forth the mm-hmm. entire movie and everyone was getting sick watching Godzilla <laughs> Minus One, which really made me laugh. And the fact that all the seats have that little spray water thing for whatever the, for whatever it's raining, but because, again, they're in boats, it was just every time the seats lurched forward, a little spray would hit you in the face. <laughs> so everyone was watching this movie getting damp and violently ill. <laughs> it's weird how, like, people have plateaued as far as, like, we're not going to make movies better. Like, we're not going to try harder to make mm-hmm. better art. We're going to... Inv- we're just going to make more than more. We're going to make them more <laughs> <Yeah>. involved. <laughs> because we don't trust our audience to suspend their disbelief, so we have to make them feel like they're in the boat. Because yeah. we can't be bothered making the movie look more like and making us feel like we're in the boat. Yeah. Have you seen this new thing um, where they also put screens to the left and right of you in the cinema? Why? Oh, no, so it that. fills up your entire peripheral that. vision. I'm already looking at the yeah, screen. I, I bought I a that. ticket for the movie. Yeah, well, but and also, and also cameras have a finite view range, right? So what are they putting yeah. on the sides? You're- Can I also ask, you know how normally you go to the cinema, if you, if you don't sit in the middle, it's like a nightmare. What if you're right on the <laughs> left-hand side? Would you, could you not see anything happening? <laughs> like, is the whole film a fucking nightmare to perceive? It's already not good to be deep at the side. I don't know. I'm genuine. I'm intrigued to go and see something in in the. Fo- I can't remember what it's called. No, I can. Screen X, it's called. Oh, God. Oh, God. I think that's what I saw anyone but you in. It was like extreme screen or something. And I was like, this is a rom com. Why? Why? <laughs> Why would I need. I do remember. I remember watching, a th- I can't remember what it was, but I watched a rom-com in 3D. I was like, what was the need for this? Why? Unless you're going to show me a dick going in somewhere, I don't need, th- I don't need this to be in 3D. Unless we're going to see the, the boner coming penetration. at you out of the screen. What is the uh, point? Imagine watching the movie Bruno in 3D. Oh, God. <laughs> And it was really good. By oh, was it good? Um, yeah, I only want to watch that. The person I was stoned, so the person asked me where I wanted to sit, and I was like, like back corner <laughs> in the cinema. Otherwise, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I feel like I'm making so much more noise, and like everyone's looking at me because I'm high and eating popcorn. <laughs> sure. Um, so I was like back corner, and then these two people. The cinema was like pretty much empty. It was like me two other couples and this couple that came in wearing like full N95 masks, clearly like very 
conscious of infection and they were sat in the back corner which is three seats me her him and i was like why 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 would you do this like this is insane and then i left i was like i got up and moved because i was like the rest of the cinema is empty we don't all have to sit here together especially since you guys are clearly like not that into contacting with people Mm -hmm. and then they i heard them like whispering about how rude it was that i'd left and i was like i didn't leave because (laughs) i didn't like you i just left because this is an empty room and we don't we don't know each each other other. (laughs) yeah i had almost the opposite experience um in a a movie i went to see that i was super early for because i had just come out of a different screening and then i had like 20 minutes to wait and i was like well i'm just go wait in the in the theater right um so i went and sat down in the cinema and I was the only person there and about five minutes later this old man walked in and he went to sit like I was maybe down you know maybe three rows in in the middle a classic seat he went and sat in the furthest possible seat back row right on the edge and then you know we were both just sort of sitting there I had my phone out he was I don't know doing whatever old men do eating Werther's originals or something and then suddenly he just yelled out, you excited for the movie? And I was like, huh? <laughs> and then he proceeded to have a 15-minute conversation with me. <laughs> Across maybe 40 feet of cinema seats. Did not come closer. We're broken. No one remembers the etiquette to anything anymore. Just- what do you mean, are you excited for the movie? I bought a ticket, man. I'm here. I don't want to do this. Like, I I went to see, I can't remember what year it was. I went to see Sam Campbell's show at Melbourne Comedy Festival a few years ago. And it was sold out. And I was sat next to these two dudes. And they started guessing what jokes he was going to do. Like, it was like four minutes till the show started. And they were like, like... I bet he's going to say something about this or I bet he's going to do a bit of it. I bet he's going to say, and I was like, dude, he's about to do it. Like, we don't need this. It's not, <laughs> it, it's not a band. Like, we don't need to guess the set list. Like, <laughs> Oh, what do you think they're going to open with? I bet he's going to open with that bit about his mom's long tits. <laughs> and I remember, I remember distinctly what one of the things they thought he was going to say was there was a, there was a picture of a possum up on the projector screen. And they were like, I reckon he's going to come out and say like, oh, this is my auntie and point at the picture of the possum. And I was like, that's not a bit. That's not a joke. Why? <laughs> that's good material. Oh, that's good gear. <laughs> Just Sam Campbell going, this is my auntie at a picture of a possum. I was like, where Where do you think we are? That's going to kill on the circuit. That is, that's genuinely going to be the name of I ever do a comedy show. It's going to be called My Auntie the Possum. <laughs> And it's not even gonna, I'm just going to tell this story. I'm like, this is what inspired me to do comedy. We don't need to guess what he's going to do. He's going to do it in like four seconds. In all fairness, if there's ever going to be someone that's going to be hard to predict what they're doing, it's probably going to be something. Well, yeah, terrible. exactly. But I was like, why bother? You know? He's a crazy guy. He probably does have an auntie that's a possum. <laughs> he's such a wild and crazy guy. Well, yeah, that's what Australia is, man. All snakes. <laughs> spiders that don't exist here and Snakes all of our and relatives are possums yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my partner's from the states and now lives here and when i uh, picked them up from the airport the first time we were driving back and we saw a badger on the road and they thought it was a cryptid like i saw it go <laughs> 
I, I, can't, I still have that reaction to, to badges. Oh I my love god, the zebra man. <laughs> I was like, what's that fucking, what's that flat motherfucker? Fuck oh my god, I the flat them. zebra man's here. I love them so much. They're so rectangular. They're so rectangular and they're just so like low to the ground. They're oblong. We don't have any oblong creatures in Australia. It's wild. Also, I always see badges when I'm in Edinburgh and like my other Scottish friend is like, I've lived in Scotland my whole life. I've never seen a badger. I'm like, really? I've seen four this week. I'm like, they come out for me. Man. <laughs> I love that. They, they make a show, you know? They, kn- they know how much I like them. <laughs> I was driving home from my town in Ireland once and my friend and I drove past a badger at the side of the road um, and Nathan got out of the car and said, oh, this badger's been hit by a car. And I looked at him and was like, I don't think it has. I genuinely think it's asleep. <laughs> That's just how flat they are. <laughs> and he went, no, I better put it out of its misery. And I was like, I was like, do not put that out of its misery. It's just asleep. And he was like, they're nocturnal. Why would it be asleep? And I'm like, it's just during nighttime. It's at like, it's, it's probably, first. yeah. But he went to the boot of the car and got a shovel. And then I was like, I don't want to touch this because badgers are violent, but I also don't want the badger to die. So I just go out of the car and like at the side of the road, I'm just standing there going, ah, ah, <laughs> screaming. And then the badger gets up and just turns, starts growling at me and I just dived into the car. And then Nathan appears around the car with his shovel and then badgers growl. I'm like, well, now they're going to have a fight because there's two sets of aggression here. But thankfully he just got back in the car, but I was like, I'm about to witness a murder. <laughs> yeah, you met, you had the right instinct. To wake up the badger. Yeah, whereas your friend was like, well, time to start the killing. <laughs> Just immediately, like, sees an animal and is like, well, let's get the shovel. I have not spoke to that person for about 10 years. And let me tell you, if you told me tomorrow that they had been sent to jail for killing animals, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> well, because in Australia, you, you, like, my instinct, if I, see a, if I see a kangaroo that's been hit by a car... I pull over and check its pouch to make sure it doesn't have a joey, but I don't further kill it. Like, <laughs> I don't have a shovel. <laughs> sure. First, you've got to put a couple of shots in its head just to make sure. I don't have a shovel in the back of my car. I have a beanie in case I come across a baby <laughs> kangaroo so it can go in the beanie and feel like it's in a pouch oh, and mm. take it to a wildlife rescue. <laughs> Well, see, what Nathan would have said is, I've got a beanie in the back of the car so I can smother it to make sure it's dead for good. <laughs> it's, it's, my killing, it's my killing beanie. It's my killing I have beanie. to be wearing it or I don't get off. <laughs> it's my murder beanie. Very different vibes. It is. Well, uh, this guy, I want to make it just before we finally fucking wrap up all these riffs. This guy was also a guy who had a talent show, did karate where he just stood with no one against him just doing karate poses and like going yeah and kicking in the air and i went oh mate mate no I that's <laughs> I like, this is not I it i thought that's what karate is though you're not supposed to need to use it against yeah. someone else right correct grace but in a se- in a sense where we're all at a comedy or like at a talent show where everyone's doing funny bits right. he very sincerely did karate to with to silence like no music or anything in the background and was yelling a lot and everyone in the crowd was trying not to laugh because like if we do laugh he will kill us yeah he has he's the that power. way inclined he has the ability yeah. to hurt us he's showing us yeah yep also, he did the karate entirely in a black polo shirt and khaki trousers, which really made me laugh. <laughs> Very good fun. Oh, jeez. That's my ins and outs for 2024. Out, getting tattoos as bits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, because that's my in. <laughs> 
My, my out is not getting tattoos. My in is only getting them as bets. Every time I think about a tattoo that I might like, I think about getting a print and hanging it up on the wall or like a t-shirt and the urge is satiated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. I have a lot. Of, I mean, I have a lot of stuff hung up on my walls, but I can move it around crucially. Yeah. Can't do it with tattoos. You can't. I'll keep kind of a bet. <laughs> You if I got, if I like lost skin from my face, maybe they could take it from my arm. Maybe I can ask them to take the tattoo. But that's the most roundabout way of getting a face tattoo I've ever. Heard. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, why have you got? Why have you got half of a frightened rabbit lurk on your face? Well, they didn't. They didn't need all of it from my arm, so they just took the middle bit. There was a terrible accident. <laughs> <laughs> it just says "I'm here, I'm here" on my face now. <laughs> what? What? What does your frightened rabbit tattoo say? I'm here, I'm here, not heroic, but I try. Oh, no. Yeah, sad, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, we literally have another guest in six minutes. Let's oh, sorry. I've been saying bad podcast guest. I'm so sorry. No, I think this is better. Because honestly, this I think all, Tokyo Drift is probably the one that's least important. Yeah. I feel like. Tokyo we, Drift's the least important one. It's more Fuck of a catch-up than a podcast. But yeah. <laughs> I think we should call it that. Tokyo Drift and what's Grace been up to? <laughs> Just a nice chat. <laughs> Tokyo and Drift and of a, of a movie plot. Tokyo Drift and what America thinks of Australia. Did you ever see that movie where it's about a pigeon? Valiant, Army pigeons. It's, called. it's about a pigeon yeah. in World War Two. I liked that one. I haven't seen it for ages, kid, but it just movie. resurfaced in my memory like a kind of like some sort of weird cryptid rising from the depths. It like was a like powerful Valiant, the movie about a pigeon who is like a World War II pilot or some shit. I feel like everyone in the world has seen some animated film that no one else has seen. Like yeah, I feel like 100%. that's a thing that everyone has in their brain. Except maybe you, Matt, since you only seen two movies before you were 12. That's true. I used to go and stay with my nana and pop in New Zealand for, like, the summer holidays for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, um, they would, like, they lived in a small town in New Zealand called Fidianga, and it would have one civic video, like a, like a rental shop. So I would go in there and just watch, like, I would just get out DVDs of films that no one else has ever. <laughs> I once. Yeah. Saw- I once watched something called Sunday School Musical, which was like a parody of High School Musical, but with church people, like choir, Incredible like a stuff. church choir. I love that. Insane. I've not seen it. I've not seen it, but I've seen the trailer for it, and I was yeah. very excited. To I watch watched it, but I that never movie. Did. Like I, I watched so many things simply because they were in that video rental shop in my grandparents' small town in New Zealand, and no one else mm. has ever seen them. <laughs> During my peak of Christianity, I my friends really tried to convince me to watch a lot of like Christian fiction media, and I never made it more than ten minutes into any one of them without making me feel physically sick. I did my like work my work placement during my degree at a a Christian publishing house, and I had to oh, read no. <laughs> romance like proofread romance novels for Christian women, which mean they had no sex in them. And I literally said to the adult in charge of me, I was like, what is the point? Like, <laughs> she was like, oh, no one's women, common, what's the they want to read the romance, but they don't want to have the smut. And I was like, then read a different fiction novel. Like romance novels have smut in them for a reason. It's like kind of yeah. the whole genre. Most genres have it's romance porn, in them. It's like porn <laughs> is not made for women. This is, this is what it's for. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just, maybe it's just about the yearning, you know? Yeah, well, mm. 
I mean, uh, let me tell you about there is some yearning to be in one of those but, like, books. Most fiction novels are all yearning, no sex. Like you could get. Mm. Yeah, you could just read Jane Austen. Yeah, tr- yeah. genuinely. And it would be better written. No, they. They wanted I them mean, to be uh, about modern Australian women who were not fucking. I have <laughs> this. Like, it's so understand. it's bizarre to me that Christian media and. I get what well, I was about to say religious media in general, but that's not true because there's some fucking yeah. absolutely bonkers, incredible shit coming out of like Indian cinema that's very specifically like, sto- you know, religious like mythology stories mm. and they're fucking great. But yeah. Christian mythology also has those kinds of stories in it. There's great, sh- there's, yeah, there's for some reason, great shit to be mined out of that. They just never they do. They don't understand that the the interesting stuff is not the stuff they want to talk about. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's always this boring part of it. And I'm like, you know, you have some great tales in here that you could, oh, all right, sick. There's a, there's a guy summoned bears to kill rude children in the yeah. Bible. And they yeah. never talk about the guy summoning the bears to kill rude children. Shit is wild. Like the, Noah's Ark, they, he built the Ark. Because God was like, I'm sick of humans and I hate you all. I'm going to flood the whole world. And then he sent a rainbow to say, I'll never do it again. But when you see a rainbow, it means I'm angry with you. And they're like, (laughs) oh, yeah, God's rainbow. It's a symbol of peace. I'm like, no, it's a symbol that we're fucking up. It's like it's a symbol of you're on your last your last warning. He's thinking about flooding us again. That's what he's thinking about murdering us, but he said he wouldn't. Like, (laughs) Hey, really? It really annoyed me when I was younger and they would tell me all about the um, fruits of the spirit and they'd be like, oh, it's passion and com- compassion and kindness stuff. And I'd be like, why did the guy in the Old Testament get to summon bears and I got to be quite nice? Where's my ability to summon bears? Yeah, truly. And it never came up again. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed those deleted scenes, I guess, behind the scenes. Uh, extra little bits there from our Tokyo Drift episode. You can catch Grace live doing comedy all over the fucking place in Australia at the moment and then later on in the UK. Uh, Catch her at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival at the Adelaide Fringe, uh, at the Brisbane Comedy Festival, Sydney Comedy Festival. I think she's doing some stuff in Adelaide, all all over the goddamn place, all right? Just fucking Google Grace Jarvis. Her show is called Oh, The Horrors. uh, And if it's anything like any of her other shows, it's going to be an absolute smash. So please don't miss it. You can also follow her on Grace Jarvis Oh No on Instagram and Twitter, which I do recommend you do. Some of the funniest tweets out there. Um, Just an all-round great comedian, great person, great hang. (laughs) Be friends with Grace if you can, is basically what I'm saying. We'll be back next week with Fast and Furious number four, featuring our wonderful friend Adam Goodall. Um, of twitch.tv forward slash Vivo uh, and the newsletter Post Electric uh, about theatre and cinema and so on. A wonderful man, a smart man, a handsome man. Look forward to that. See you next time. Love and hugs. Take life one quarter mile at a time and stay fast and also furious, you bloody rapscallions. And we'll see you later. Goodbye. Kisses. Moi. That's the end of the podcast.